Hello, welcome back to the Edge of the Box podcast, a podcast by whoscored.com. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, for yet another season preview, and I'm joined by seasoned broadcaster Kate Mason to look ahead to Tottenham Hotspur season. She doesn't look very happy with the word that I just used there, seasoned. I don't know why it came out of my mouth, but it did. But Kate, It makes it sound like I'm really old, Dan. <laughs> you are, we can confirm that you are actually younger than me, so it wasn't meant in that way. Seasoned is okay for me to use, but how are you? I'm really well, thanks. How are you? Apart from tired, actually, I'm not going to ask you how you are because no, I know you're me. tired, and I don't, I don't want people to think that this Tottenham preview is going to be sort of lackluster and sleepy. It's going to well, be full of vibes, isn't it? Lackluster and sleepy was Spurs last season, wasn't it? <laughs> fin- finishing eighth in 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 the end. Let's just touch on last season. I'm sure you don't want to talk about it that much, but it was not a good time for Tottenham Hotspur. I didn't realise this was just uh, you're just summoning me on here to. To just that neg means. me and make me <laughs> make me feel sad. I was thinking that actually, as I was uh, looking through our transfers and you know listening to to various other bits of bits of quality media about Tottenham and just yeah, sometimes you need to take a step back, don't you? And then that makes you feel more positive about your side. And I like to live with positivity, um, although as a Tottenham fan, difficult sometimes. Last season was a real challenge as a Spurs fan. My low point was going out of the Champions League at Tottenham because that is such a privilege to be in the Champions League. I always think I never forget where we came from, all of that stuff. And I just, for me, those nights are just the most magical nights. And I think of us slogging away in the Europa League and various other places and and playing on on a Thursday night and just, you know, trying to get up for it. And then to be there, hearing the Champions League anthem, looking at all of these mad AC Milan fans just loving it and us just putting in this utter, utter drab performance just made me think, what is it all for? So ultimately, we get, we finish eighth. We don't qualify for European competition. For me, that's actually a good outcome in the context yeah. of a whole load of bad outcomes, right? I, I think that was what we needed. You know, we've seen Arsenal do it and they managed their rebuild and and good luck to them but in terms of uh, us being out of Europe for a season clearly what I would prefer is for us to be winning the league and playing Champions League football and and competing and and pushing on from our runners-up finish back a few years ago but but right now I think that is probably what we need yeah I think it probably will do Spurs a five and not having the Thursday Sunday because it is going to be a rebuild obviously when a, when a new manager comes in Spurs's last few managerial appointments haven't really gone well Postacoglu though he feels a bit more like how it felt when they hired Pochettino, I think. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate yeah. that. But you're yeah. absolutely right in terms of like uh, the, you know, my theory about this already, but but the listeners, like in terms of the appointments of, of Jason Mourinho and of Antonio Conte, for me, what that felt like actually is, ironically enough, Daniel Levy trying to deliver for the fans what we want, which is this desperation to just win a trophy just anything, any old cup, it doesn't even really matter, just something to put in that trophy room and to make people stop feeling like we don't know how to, to get that over the line. And and that is the reason for Mourinho and for Conte. And unfortunately, winning doesn't just come to you just because you will it and just because these managers have done it before. Mourinho, for me, in the context of the Premier League, was was on a downward spiral. Conte, it didn't work out. He was sort of superior to the club um, in his in the way he treated the fans and also as it turns out from some of the little rumours that we've now heard uh, in pre-season from the players as well so 
these guys didn't work out, but I think it came from the desperation to just get this thing over the line. So Postacoglu, I feel positive about the style of appointment that he is. The point about him is he's not coming in. He he can't say he's bigger than Tottenham, which effectively was what Conte and Mourinho were saying. He seems genuinely pleased to be here, which is... From a fan perspective, it's kind of what you want, isn't it? It's a good start. And as you said about the rebuild, first of all, the Aussie thing, he's owning it, right? He he said the point about being in Australia, I picked up a quote from from the preseason that I really enjoyed, which is that he... No one's going to rate an Australian manager, are they? If I had any significant failures, I was never going to get here. Part of that process is that I need to keep moving to be at my best. So he was talking about leaving Celtic and saying he'd achieved something, right, he needed to go to the next level. But it's also that kind of, that humbleness and that awareness of what's how he's perceived, he's probably had to be better as an Aussie working mm. in the English game proportionately than he would have to be as an, as an Englishman or as, as someone local. So I think that's really promising. And he's also been saying, um, I love a rebuild. So he, this is something he's actively embracing rather than doing what we've seen with the previous two managers who were there to sort of just 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 sneak a trophy over the line if they possibly could while not really caring about the bigger picture. He's caring about the bigger picture. And also when he's been talking about the players, we'll come on to the Kane situation, I'm sure. It would be odd if we didn't. But the way he has handled the questions about that, I've really enjoyed. I'm sure you enjoyed seeing him put down that (laughs) guy who turned up with a Bayern Munich Kane shirt. It's embarrassing, isn't it, really? But what was was great, again, is Postacoglu is very dry, in his delivery, isn't he? So it was a real, like, it could have been slightly awkward if he'd tried to, like, embrace it or whatever. He just put the guy down and moved on. And when he's been talking about Kane, he said, players I want are part of the project. And part of this is with your attitude as well as what you can deliver. So you want Harry Kane to be part of your project. But what he's talking about is I'm creating a team and that's what I'm here to do. And it's it's my, it's my way or the highway, effectively. And and if he's getting the backing, which ah, transfer window, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, he, if he is, it's promising. The window got off to a to a good start for Spurs. No, no messing around, really, with James Madison com- coming straight through the door for a good price as well. I know he had a year left on his contract, but around 40 million, when you see what other players have gone for with a year left on their contract, I think 40 mm. million for James Madison is a, is a really good signing. And the Spurs fans have kind of lamented not having that number 10 creative type of player in the middle of the park. And you're right, we don't know what's going to happen with Harry Kane at the moment, so we don't know how Spurs are going to be lining up. But Madison, is a that's a good start to the window. They haven't really built from there. You you think the defence needs looking at, wouldn't you, in terms of bringing in new personnel? But (laughs) Madison came in and then incomings has all gone a little bit quiet. I love it. You're very gentle, Dan. I was in some ways. I was expecting to get absolutely ripped, but um, the no, way you're no, saying no, no. the defense is something that needs looking at. Yeah, it's a very subtle way of saying. It. Um, <laughs> yeah, the transfer window. You're absolutely right. James Madison is great. We feel like he's somebody who's going to bring something that we haven't had. This is not somebody who's like you know he's bringing something completely new. So that's fantastic. The other, in terms of the other signings, Manus Solomon. Um, and oh no, I'm not going to be able to pronounce Guillermo, Guillermo Vicario, the goalkeeper, right, from Empoli. Oh, uh, Vicario, um, yeah. Good goalkeeper. Yeah, well, exactly. I've heard good things about him anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's another, he's the sort of Postacoglu signing and, and is likely to come in as number one if, well, Luis is supposed to leave. The thing is about that, of course, is that we were linked with David Rea and now it looks like he's going to Arsenal. And look, football, 
is terrible for this, Dan, the way that you see what the Joneses are up to and you're like, oh, my God, I can't cope what's happening. But perhaps we need to be realistic. And from what we've heard, Vicari is a good a good, a good, good player. A, a, and, you know, if Arsenal really do think they, they need to upgrade on Ramsdale, well, that is their concern. So I don't let let's keep focused on what we've got. Right. That's that's the message. Um making the Kulisevsky signing the the five-year contract that's a good thing to be doing um Pedro Porro also was was agreed in advance so that's those guys um nice bit of business I think is uh Harry Winks going for like a like a decent sum because he is someone who's who's been a real servant to the club and has achieved a lot with us but you wouldn't and you wouldn't want him to just kind of be hustled out the door for mm. nothing. Um, so I did like to see that. Dan Juma ending up at Everton. That's quite funny. Um, after he, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. About the third. He didn't really settle. And then Longley. So the question about, there's still question marks about him in terms because he was on a loan with no obligation to buy. So we don't know if he if it's still possible that he will come, come in. Um, yeah, he didn't set my world alight. But as you say, the defence needs looking at. Um, yeah, it was I've very stagnant last season, wasn't it? The Spurs defence. <laughs> I think Vicario coming in the goalkeeper position certainly needed needed a refresh. I think Lloris had seen better days last oh, season. Don't, don't break but my it, heart about you. I don't know. He's been a great player for Spurs. You're right. But you're absolutely right. He's got a record. Yeah, the game's I think evolved, that's absolutely fair. Vicario yeah. yeah. will do more of what Postacoglu wants, like, like you said. But they still haven't addressed centre back. They haven't. They haven't changed it at the moment. You'd think it would be Eric Dyer. Romero or Ben Davis as the options at centre half and Dyer and Davis in particular looked a little bit stale last season I think I'm surprised Spurs haven't done more with centre back so far oh my goodness well this is the big question so can can they get someone in or well two I mean the the ask really is two but then without selling making the sale of Harry Kane you, you think that's going to happen, don't you? That yeah. Harry Kane's going to go. Yeah, we've we've swerved it long enough. Let's move. Let's let, let's move yeah. on to Harry Kane. I, I wanna, yeah, one, I want to speak about the elephant. Yeah, I think go so. On, the challenge, of course, is that it hasn't happened yet, and then the question is about this this distinction in in value. Um, for me, and the, and PSG sort of frittering around, but I, it doesn't seem convincing there. to me that yeah, exactly that he would go there. Um, yeah, in terms of he- heading to Germany. The challenge for Tottenham, and as we know, it seems like Kane wants to go with Kane in their side. Bayern, could they win the Champions League? Yeah, potentially, even though they only squeaked over the line in the Bundesliga last season. Uh, it, it it probably is the right sort of move for him. 30 years old. I still think of him as kind of 27, but yeah, he, he absolutely is. He has still got a few years left. Um, and in a sense, you feel like he's done a lot. But the point is, he's done so much for the club and, you know, we should respect his wishes to some degree. But the point is, of course, from a Tottenham perspective, is there's nothing you can get. We've had the money. We did this before with Gareth Bale. But the answers are not happening in terms of spending the money well. You know, that glut of players that we had. Yeah, Ericsson turned out all right. Certainly, more than all right. But in terms of that, it seems like the decision-making has not been good when the money has come in. And it's the whole Manchester United problem, i.e. once <laughs> people know you've got the money, they can screw with you, right? So I don't see who is providing 30 games, 30, game, 30 Premier League goals a season, 32 in all competitions. I don't see it. And there's this idea of the, the youngster, Matthias Tell, coming from Bayern, 18 years. But that's not, that's not a banker. Is it someone no. who's very young popping in and um, 
and making a difference. You you can't replace Harry Kane's goals. And if it's too late in the season, sorry, too, too late in the window, you can't spend the money you need to on the centre-backs, which would be the kind of useful replacement, the thing that you would want to do with the money. Then, of course, if you're looking at it from a Tottenham getting to a position where we can challenge in the Champions League again, what is that? A three-year project. If we let him go now... I I'm not sh- I think that extends the project rather than um rather than making it shorter but then of course the other challenge is that then if he leaves on a free in 12 months if he leaves on a yeah. free in 12 months he could go to another team in England which could also He's not going the, to I don't think he'd project. do that. I don't know if, I've, I've always had a feeling that he might run down his contract to Newcastle might have got to a certain point and they might oh, be able to God's get to, to get him in and Manchester United well, mind you, Manchester United are buying a striker now, so maybe they'd they'd dip away dip away from it. But it seems like he wants to make the move, and it seems like Spurs kind of want to make the move happen because they wouldn't be having these meetings with the delegation coming over from Germany if there wasn't something in it, if there wasn't a deal to be had. They're a little mm. bit apart in their uh, valuations at, at the moment. But like you've said, Kane is absolutely irreplaceable. I said the other day that he's one of the most irreplaceable players in Premier League history. Some yes. people are saying that the replacement is already there within because Richarlison is, is Brazil's number nine. Now, he didn't really get a proper run in the team last season. When he did play, it was in completely different positions every week and you just don't get any rhythm when you're in and out and you're playing in different positions. Do you believe that if he was given a run in, at centre-forward in a Postacoglu system and he was given the backing every week that, OK, he's not going to score 30 goals, but he could get you maybe 15? Yeah, and, what, and share it around a bit. Son, son, son back to goal-scoring son. form. Yeah, that's a good that's a good idea. Uh, Madison might give us a few as well. Madison, yeah, well, uh, Madison can get into double figures. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, we're going to be we don't need yes, Kate. You're absolutely right. I'm totally convinced. Uh, Richarlison is a challenge from the perspective of exactly what you're saying, which is that we haven't. I don't know how many times he was able to play centre forward, but very few, like a handful of times last season. He scored one goal. He made four assists in the league. Um, but that so the answer is you know he can't. It seems. He can't score from from wide positions. And then you put him into the Brazil team and he's, whatever, in like six games or something, he scored three goals. So so clearly it's a different kettle of fish if he is playing down the middle. Like we've mentioned, we've mentioned um Everton already and, and Everton fans love him for what they what they did for him. Kept Sorry, what he did for them. Yeah, kept them up. What I've loved when I've seen him come on is that he is a kind of uh he's a little bit of a deli alley hustler. Like he really will go at people and and shake them up and make them, you know, you 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 you're playing on shifting sands when he gets onto the pitch, right? You don't you don't quite know what's going to happen, but he really like tears into the game, and I just loved loved to see that uh, when he came in. Uh, I just don't know, Dan, because I, I felt like yeah, he did deserve a run, but then equally, who's going to ever get one with Harry Kane around? Now, that's not yeah. a reason to sell Harry Kane, is it? But I think, yeah. you know, Richarlison, he kept Everton up. He can obviously play and he's got that fight that can really like drive a team on, I think. The question is, are the goals available? Now, if you look at the stats for the, for the international, for his international caps, you'd think, you'd think maybe. So it's weak really as an answer because it's a sort of fingers crossed. I hope it goes well. That's all we got right now. Well, he kept Everton up. He might be able to keep Spurs up. As, as, oh, as very well. good. Yeah. All, right. Um, All right. Yeah, Spurs are the most. <laughs> you, wait, hang on a second. Yet. You don't right. think we're in relegation danger, no, do we? I don't. Dan top Bardell. Up. Top up. <laughs> I don't think Spurs have got a top top 
top six side at, at the moment. Maybe this, if they they need to address the defense. I think until they address that defense, because yeah. Postacoglu, let's not forget as well, he plays a more expansive system than Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte yeah. was playing this ultra de- defense first system, and the defenders yeah. were struggling with that. If you're asking those same players to then come out and play more expansively, I'm not sure they can do it. No, and I think what was it? I w- I wouldn't want to see Ben Davis trying to like he he can I think he was the one responsible for this mad goal where we went one nil down to this team in Singapore, whose name currently escapes me. The Sea Lions or something it, it, like. It didn't sound like a real team anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like an under sevens under seven school team. The, the and, and I, I, all I read was that they were Singapore's third best team. Okay. And that broke my heart. No. Um, yeah, so Ben Davis playing a makeshift central centre-back in a well a ma- makeshift central defender in a back four yeah it didn't work Christian Romero glad to see that he's talking about how he turned down offers to stay at Spurs he is without a doubt a great player with some great heritage and he knows how to to be in a side that win, wins things that's the question but you're absolutely right I mean the signings that we'd love or you, you'll have heard about uh, Wolfsburg's Mickey van der Ven um, yeah. sort of lankyish. he's 22 only so that's that's exciting um, lanky is probably the wrong word but anyway he's a big guy um, but the the difficulty is that Wolfsburg seem to be in this position where they've tied him into 2027 so that he's could be really ball, he's good yeah, on the good ball on exactly the ball. so he's yeah. got all of the he's got all of the attributes you expect from a kind of big solid central defender but he's also got skills yeah Postacoglu says that we're going to bring in one central defender at least and I, I, this is another question, isn't it? Like, because at this point he's saying that he's being open, and then if it doesn't happen, I mean, that's already us getting off on a on a weak foot, if that's the phrase. And then Edmund Tapsoba, by Leverkusen, um, he seems to be basically the exact same vibe as Van der Ven, but presumably also in demand, so it could be Hell extremely expensive. Yeah, yeah fifty million expensive. euros. Do you remember when yeah. we sold Kyle Walker for fifty million euros? But long, a pound. Long time ago now. Long time ago now. To return to the Kane point and generally the money point is that we get the money, but I don't necessarily know that we can spend it right. And also with the market being so inflated with all of this situation from Saudi and and all of these other places, like it costs so much to build up a a decent defence. If you remember when we had that really great defence back, what, five, six years ago, um, you know, Jan Vertonghen, Carl Walker in there, Toby Alderweireld as well, Lloris when he was right at his... At his prime, and that was all done. Oh, Danny Rose, one million Danny pounds. Rose. He was like, you know, we built a really solid back line with hardly any money. You can't do that now. So the no. question is, how are the how are these aren't how are these questions going to be answered? And do I feel as though the setup at the moment is going to enable us to to get what we need? Either way, he needs to be given time, doesn't he, Poster Postacoglu? He, he, this is yeah. a, a tough time to take to take the Spurs job. It's a tough, tough yeah. market. Harry Kane, every other manager that's come in in the last six, seven years has known, I've got one of the best strikers in the world, Postacoglu, which, you know, we're in August now. It's not great that he doesn't know whether he's going to have Harry Kane or not. And I think Postacoglu said that him, himself as well. So Spurs are in a really difficult spot at, at the moment. In some ways, I think you'd rather Harry Kane went this week, so at least you knew. Yeah, what was, what was happening. I think if he starts the season at Spurs, potentially, if he's lining up in that first game, wearing the captain's armband, as I'm sure he, he will be, perhaps he'll see the season out for Spurs. But I think they need to make a breakthrough in talks with Bayern this week and just know either way what, what's going to happen. Because I'm going to ask you to predict where, where Spurs are going to finish before, before we go. But 
I don't even think you can do that at the, at the moment without knowing what's happening. Because we don't know what the team is. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's we hard. don't know what the team is. It's very, very tricky to figure out what we're dealing with because you're basically then relying on what my view is of what I've heard from Ange Postacoglu and watching Celtic a little bit last season. Like, yeah. it's not it's not, a, it's not necessarily a very informed reaction. But, oh, before, I did want to also mention Destiny and Dogi, oh, uh, this youngster. Udinese. He's back from Udinese and he's... He might start a left back. I mean, he's, he's a youngster, but he's he's supposed to be absolutely amazing. So that is yeah. another Spurs fans kind of point of of hope. Hope I would say because I'm freshness, isn't it? A bit of youth freshness into the team. That's what you need. Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like he is promising. Even he's like as good as a new signing in some ways. Yeah. Where are we going to finish? No idea. <laughs> it could be because yeah, as you say, Kate Kane. Kane makes the difference and this question about our centre-backs makes a massive difference. I think in terms of the project, if we think of Postacoglu building, then you've got to look at it as a three-year, at least a three-year plan to get us back to the to the Champions League. So if we were to, I mean, it would be absolutely crushing if we were to again finish eighth next season. Um, but let's say we wanted to do, let's say six, just to six. give you an answer. Okay. Well, I'll come back. I'll come back to you at the at the end of the transfer window when we know a little bit more. Yeah. And get, a, get a prediction from you on, on on social media instead. I think. It's not I think fair that's fair. Me, not not fair. Yeah. To me, no. <laughs> Mason uh, says something stupid again. No, no, no. <laughs> at, at, at the moment, I, I think out of all the previews we're doing, Spurs are the most difficult to read and the most difficult to talk about because it feels mm. like they've got the most business to do. Chelsea are in a in a big rebuild, but I think. Maybe other than a, a central midfielder and a goalkeeper competition, I think Chelsea have done their business and they've shifted their players out that they wanted to shift out. Spurs and Chelsea are the two that are in flux, but Spurs just haven't done as much mm. as Chelsea and they've got this whole Harry Kane thing hanging over their head. So it's, it's really difficult to talk about. But I've enjoyed talking to you nonetheless, Kate. Thank you ever so much for coming on and talking to us at Who Scored. Do go back and check out the other previews if you haven't done so already. There'll be plenty more. I think we're doing eight overall, so eight Premier League individual team previews. Do go and check those out and yeah thanks again to Kate and thanks ever so much for watching